Hi, my name is John Stringfellow, and you're listening to No Strangers Here on 88.5 FM WCUG Cougar Radio. Welcome back, everyone, to the start of our spring semester. I hope you've all found some classes enjoyable and uh, have uh, joined many of our clubs and events that we have going on campus currently. Uh, Speaking of the spring semester, uh, one thing about spring, uh, in literature in fact, is spring is seen as a kind of birth, a uh, renewal of things. Uh, We see this a lot in Greek mythology and uh, the imagery of spring is often brought up in poetry. In fact, uh, one poet by the name of William Carlos Williams had a very famous uh, 100-page long poem called Spring and All, which is broken up into several different chapters and the initial narrative is kind of jumbled up and nonlinear, but still in a fantastic piece of work if you're ever interested in that sort of thing. But in the uh, on the note of spring, uh, I'd like to recite to you a poem uh, by a very famous poet of the 20th century known as Robert Frost. Uh, this poem, in fact, is very popular amongst a lot of students and scholars and is typically read at things like graduations, uh, uh, you may hear it when it comes to a celebration of life or a a, uh, a moment when someone becomes a grown-up. Uh, it, it's a poem that's used often uh, to express the difference in things, a, a way to take what you know of life and move on with it and uh, the encouragement to do well and uh, to take that road that you've chosen as perhaps a career or a hobby or in any aspect of life, really. This poem is known as The Road Not Taken. Uh, It was published back again in the 20th century, right around the time of uh, the First World War, in which case it has a fantastic history of not only being a very wonderful poem, but also being wildly misinterpreted. Uh, So I will read to you The Row Not Taken by Robert Frost. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler. Long I stood and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other as just as fair and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay in leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less trouble by. And that made all the difference. So that was the road not taken by Robert Frost. Uh, this was written during the time when Robert Frost was living in Europe. While in Europe, he was uh, with himself uh, a colleague uh, of another poet, Edward Thomas, uh, who was a writer, uh, a novelist, and a poet uh, in Europe and was gathering a, um, a cult following at the time. Uh, he wasn't very well known, but he was up and rising. This poem was written in the aspect that uh, Robert Frost and Edward Thomas often took walks together uh, in which they would discuss things such as literature and uh, the current events of the time. Uh, This poem was often, again, seen as a kind of uplifting and encouraging way to progress in life, when in fact its background uh, is just about walking together as friends. Uh, But this poem was so encouraging, in fact, that it it, uh, when Robert Frost sent a draft to Edward Thomas before it was officially published, 
Uh, Edward Thomas read it, and it caused him to enlist into the First World War, actually. It was just that inspiring, I suppose. Um, as for the uh, construction of the stanzas uh, within this poem, it follows what's known as a quintilla uh, rhyme scheme, in which case it follows a rhyme scheme such as A, B, A, A, B, uh, and so forth and so on within that same pattern. Uh, this was a 16th century Spanish form of writing poetry at the time. Um, granted, uh Robert Frost, a lot of his inspiration for writing poetry came from very famous Irish and European poets before him. Uh, it's not necessarily strange that he would take on a challenge such as this. It's not a very easy rhyme scheme to write with uh, when you think about it. Uh, it may sound easy at first, and you know, A, B, A, A, B, but it's actually quite difficult. Uh, so difficult that Robert Frost himself actually bends the rules here. Uh, because in a traditional quintilla, you're supposed to write it with only eight syllables per line, in which case he obviously doesn't do that, throwing in tens, elevens, and twelves. Um, but still a fantastic poem and still a great example of the rhyme scheme within a quintilla. Though the row not taken has been recited time and time again, the poem itself is one of the most famously misinterpreted poems. Uh, to begin, Robert Frost starts off with a pausing point, uh, a choice in which Frost's character uh, has to make a decision. Uh, he says he feels sorry for he could not travel both and be one traveler. Uh, so the beginning of the poem starts off with a with this character having to decide which road to take, um, in which case he, like I said, feels sorry that he couldn't do both because he's only one person. Uh, in this... Frost lends us to what the character does as he looks down as far as he could to where a bent in the undergrowth, uh, but then took the other as just as fair as described in the poem. So uh, to begin with, the poem begins off uh, with letting us know that, yes, the character looks down one road, is intrigued, but decides to go with the other instead, uh, which I think is a wonderful way to offer a sort of juxtaposition in this poem, because the poem's title is The Road Not Taken, yet the poem's focus is on the road that he chooses to take. Uh, so Frost leads us here to where he chooses the other road instead, uh, as opposed to the one he was looking down. And uh, Frost uh, relates to us why the traveler chose this one over the other, uh, saying that it had perhaps the better claim uh, because it was grassy and wanted wear. Uh, in which case this one seems to be more wild, more untamed, as opposed to the other one, less traveled by. But uh, as Frost reveals as the character walks down, uh, the character himself notices, though he passes through, he notices that they're really worn about the same, that both of them have been passed fairly evenly. Uh, continu continuing on with that, uh, he also explains that that morning equally lay in flowers, no step had trodden black. So at this point, it's very interesting that he mentions the, the words that no step had trodden black because there's multiple interpretations right there. Um, the first being, uh, obviously, trodden black refers to when you are walking uh, over, well, in this case, leaves. Uh, and if your shoes are dirty, well, dirt's going to show up on the leaves, in which case, you know, uh, the mud could be dark and dirty and grimy, which a step would be trodden black over what would be fairly uh, bright leaves. 
but in this case, he says no step was drawn in black. So that's again, shows that this path was already been walked upon several times because these leaves have now been, well, trodden in black. But the, another interpretation of this is that Frost is traveling, um, reveals that by saying no step was drawn in black could also mention that no ill step was taken uh, along the path. And if you take and use the second uh, interpretation, it can be applied to the sense that the path, uh, such as a, as your life, uh, bared no fault, in, in which way he may explain to us that uh, though this path was very well walked upon, um, no step was trod in black in the sense that uh, nothing unfortunate happened along this walk, uh, which, again, the walk can be a symbol of life, uh, that no mistake was taking place, no unfortunate event had happened, um, in which case he has led a fairly peaceful walk. But the next line is very intriguing when Frost says, or should I say exclaims, oh, I keep the first for another day. In which, of course, that relates back to the trodden black. So Robert Frost is telling us that, though, yes, he hasn't made a trodden black step yet, uh, that does not mean he won't make one in the future. So this can be, in a way, saying that there could be mistakes on down the road in the future. He may not see it yet, and he may not have experienced it yet, but it's certainly a possibility down the road. But on the other side of that, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing if something like that to happen. Um, this could also be a good thing. Perhaps the first Tron and Black step is a first step to a new path. Perhaps the first step is the beginning of something new, uh, something fresh, much like the spring. And uh, Robert Frost's point of view in this uh, continues with on, within the character uh, when he says, yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. Uh, so the Tron of Black Steph may be a step towards something better. Then again, it could be something bad. Um, doesn't necessarily mean the character himself doesn't care. Uh, it's more so the character is open-minded. He is accepting that there's possibility where this first step may lead me wrong, and then again, it may lead me right. Uh, so he's keeping an open mind within this, this travel. Uh, and knowing how way leads on to way, uh, perhaps this step may take him down another path. Uh, he doubted if he should ever come back still, uh, in which case uh, this is a one-way street for Robert Frost's character in this. Uh, he's not going to go back to where he's already walked before. He's going to continue on, whether good or bad, which is a really, to me, sounds like a a, a triumph of courage, really, a looking forward, no matter whatever the wind may take him, uh, traveling down that path, even if it's a hard one, which I'm sure many of us can relate to uh, if we've ever experienced something like that within our career or within family or within friends and loved ones. Uh, we may be walking down altogether and something may happen, whether good or bad, but we continue on because it's what we want to do and it's what family and friends would want us to do as well. And so to conclude this poem, Robert Frost, in this last stanza, of course, says the famous three lines at the end of this uh, last stanza, of course, uh, in which he says, I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence 
Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one last traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Uh, so by saying this uh, at the end of the poem, Robert Frost gives us his most famous last three words in the last stanza. Uh, these are probably really, really common. Uh, a lot of people, professors and uh, poets and, and uh, people who read poetry often attribute this line to uh, making a difference within your life, uh, going out and doing something new. Uh, it's, it's often connected to the idea of taking a different path. But that couldn't be farther from the truth, actually. Uh, Robert Frost's in the poem in a retrospective look saying he will recount this tale somewhere within the far-out future that he had taken the road less traveled by. Though in a previous stanza, he tells us that both paths were really walked about the same. There wasn't much of a difference between the two. Uh, and that the only reason why he took the path was because it looked grassy and wanted wear, in which case he's saying that the path looked a bit uh, difficult or looked a bit adventurous, and that's what intrigued him to walk uh, down this one over the other. But again, it was, like he says in the stanza, warned about the same. Uh, but what I believe Frost is trying to say is the path that he had chosen was not necessarily less traveled by, him and by the others like him, uh, though yes, there had been others before him, the path was still unique to him. Uh, in which case, in, in that point, you can relate back to his career as a poet. Yes, he's not the very first poet of his kind. There have been many others like him before him uh, who've written fantastic poetry. Uh, for example, the ones that inspire him, such as Thomas Hardy and uh, W.B. Yeats. Um, again, both fantastic poets who have written works that have been ceaseless, uh, that are still taught and uh, recited within our time. Uh, but Robert Frost is saying, yes, he's not the first to do this, but he's making the path itself unique to him. Uh, the career of being a poet has been done before, yes, but his career is what has made it unique. In this case, the path that this character is following is not unique itself, but the character himself going down this path makes him unique. Um, and when you think about that, it really makes this poem even more beautiful than it was to begin with. Yes, the idea of taking on a different challenge and going about a different way of life is very inspiring and very encouraging, yet this way, it doesn't leave anybody out. Uh, for many of us, you know, some of us don't really know what we want to do, uh, with our careers. Uh, there's a lot of people who are still undecided upon their major uh, starting off as a freshman. And that's more or less true, but it's very heart-touching and very uh, calming to hear that you're not the first to go through this kind of struggle. You're going to make it just like everyone else has. But depending on what you want to do and how you want to go about doing it, that's what makes you unique. That's what you really want to do. And that's really what I think this poem's really trying to express in the end. So in conclusion, Frost is not telling us to find a new or different path of life to follow, more so making that path of life you choose different to you, uh, which makes it special and makes it really something that others look up to when they see your work and what you have done with it. And I really truly believe that's what Frost was communicating here. For me, at least, I've read this poem a dozen times. Robert Frost was one of the very first poets I ever listened to and read from, um, really makes this poem just 10 times better than it already was. And I, I love it all the same. 
Thank you so much for listening in for this one. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Again, Robert Frost was a phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal poet. He was nominated 31 different times for the Nobel Peace Prize. He was uh, selected as the poet of Vermont and still is. He was even there for John F. Kennedy's inauguration, in which case, funny enough, uh, he was supposed to write a poem that was about John F. Kennedy's inauguration, but apparently it was too sunny that poor old Robert Frost couldn't even read it, so he recited from heart one of his own poets, uh, one of his own poems, excuse me, uh, which is just uh, just attributed to his fantastic career as a poem, poet. Again, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I will let you know that next Thursday, uh, between the times of 6 o'clock and 6.30, if you be so interested, I'll be going to the Fountain City uh, coffee here downtown and reciting poetry live on their open mic night. So if you'd like to see me live and see uh, me perform a few of my own poems, uh, please come down. I'd be more than happy to see you. I hope you guys have a great day. Uh, thank you again for listening. This has been No Strangers Here on Cougar Radio.